purest God love. It's not love that is just commonly shared amongst people because people would say, well, I can a lot of lovely people that have got God, so are they any more Christian than us? But that's agape love is special to God. It's unconditional. It's a love that is described, attributed to God. And we're going to jump around just a little bit. We're not going to read it as it's read simply as John writes it. We'll start further on and go back. Um, we spent a lot of time discussing love last week and how it's to re- go from the heart to the hand to be with action. And John almost repeats himself in verse 7. You could read us in the rent time. He says a lot of the same thing. He's reiterating that to love somebody is not just to say something, it's to do something. So I'm not going to go through all that again. But we've got to take a look at fit. Agape love is and also fits near. So we've got to read for verse 16 in chapter 4. He says, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. God is agape love. God doesn't get up in the morning and then decides, I wonder if I love the church this morning, I wonder if I love the sinner this morning. I wonder how am I feeling? He says that God is agape. He is love. And far as grateful for the love of God in here this morning. I love our action. I love that pursues us continually. A love that seems to override my faults and weaknesses and sin. A love that didn't just look for heaven and, and shout something, as we said last week, Jesus actually came and actually came as a sacrifice. He actually hung on that cross for you and for me. A love in action. A love that pursues us with goodness in our time and need. He's there for us. Agape love. That if he had a reason to find fault and withdraw himself for me and never be good to me another day in my life, then that would be just. But God is agape love. I love that we find ourselves in times of loneliness and grief. He is there. In times of darkness, He is there. In times for our family just don't seem to understand us, He is there. It's a love that is actually pursues us. God is agape love, unconditional, gone beyond a love that is shared in families, a love that is shared in friendship. It's a spiritual love that abounds much and is faithful and just and pure, and that we greatly need it. And if we had a God, we find ourselves unfulfilled. I am grateful that God is love. He is a God of love. He doesn't decide to be. It's not because He wants. He just is. That's who He is, is love. And John is saying, this is far God is. A God love. But I feel as though one of the, the delicate sort of deceptions of the enemy is just to swap out Runa Boot. Do you care? I'm not, I'm not a magician, okay? But Miss Magic Tricks is sleight of hand. 
You can far is like look over here and then I'll do a switcheroo around here and you'll think I've done something amazing, but I've just distracted you and did a switcheroo, sleight of hand, and it's like, whoa, it's magic, but it's not. It's a little sleight of hand. I think when I was meditating on this, agape love, it's not only can and fair, it is, it's supernatural, it's God, it's powerful, it's forcing our time and need that Jesus canceled do our sin because he loves us. But we have got to be careful that it's not just that the switcheroo isn't it? God is agape love, and the switcheroo doesn't happen that love is God, and agape is God. And you might be sitting there thinking, I don't know, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because surely if God is love, then love is God. But I feel as though that as a switcheroo happened, and the church is concentrating just that that's the only attribute of God is agape love and nothing else matters. So as long as we love somebody, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter that God is righteous, that He's holy and pure. God is love, but it's not the only thing He is. And when we think it's the only thing He is, we say that love is God. And the only thing that matters in this world within the church is that we love, and we continue to love. And it doesn't matter about behavior change, it doesn't matter about people drastically coming from a place of darkness into light. It doesn't really matter about behavior change, of getting relationships right, marriages right, watching our behavior. If love is God, all the thing is acceptable. And it's all on the church just to, sh- just to show love. Just love him just to love him, just to love him. And John shows us a why that God is love, but love isn't a God. I was not born in the 60s and 70s. Some of you look as though you was. But love is God. It's free love. Peace, man. You got it, sex, drugs, rock and roll, it's freedom, the war is ended, the war is over. Now let's just go to Glastonbury, smoke a few doobies, do what we want. And love became God after a time of war. It didn't matter if you did as long as you expressed love and the way you wanted to express it. And when love is God, anything goes because love is God. And if you went through that era, maybe you got entangled with art. But then before they kint it, maybe you did us, this is no condemnation. You lived through art. And it happened that folks started to get bound by drugs because it wasn't just peace, man. Opium became available. It was just when love became, you can do for you want freedom, it brought a lot of baggage. It bound a lot of people. And then you had kids growing up, and they came and father, two parents, wild, because something happened in Glastonbury that was under the free love banner. And then I was dysfunction came. And John shows us why that, hey, God is love. He's agape love. 
But we have to watch in church that we didn't just put up with anything. Fuckings that were in an absolute spiritual battle. This is the first Sunday after Halloween. I'm there when I start Halloween bashing, but it's a dark weekend. It's a weekend that witches sort of gets promoted and you got kids going about with bullet holes in their face and bleed dripping away and then they kind of sleep at night. I'm just, this isn't a condemnation. It's been a dark weekend. Satanists would tell you the same. It's when they are coming to play. And when blood and gore and death get championed and Satan and people get horns and go to parties and act like devils. And they didn't really care for their doing. And if us as a church, if we just to say, oh, let's just ignore that. We just to love, we just to have an opinion and honoring these days because we're marked by this God or love. Is that far we're at? Just nothing matters. Because God is love. It's time for the church to rise up and understand what love is. Agape love. It's a love that refuses to look at a person and think that being bound is okay. It's a love that helps people up out of their poverty, out of their sickness, out of depression. And if love only says, I love you, but I didn't expect uh, God that is almighty to bring change in, I maybe didn't even love you. But surely a father that loves his kids would want the best for them. And if we would agree as a church that living in darkness is just near the best for people, then maybe our love would look a bit different. And maybe we'd be open to correction and discipline and to say, hey, you've been a Christian five years. You're still dressing up as a witch Halloween. <laughs> What's going on? If you need this conversation, is she still listening to me? You just want me to tell you how much I love you. And folk leave church and then they'll go to another church that'll just say, we just love you. It doesn't matter. There's no expectation. But God is love. But he's not only love. And sandwiched between John, 1 John chapter 3 and the second half of 1 John chapter 4, it's an amazing 1 John chapter 3, second half of 1 John chapter 4. It's love, 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 love. This is love. God is love. Love each other. Make sure the no hatred exists. But in between that, there's 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. That John is bring in correction. He's telling us a difference between truth and lies. And the in church, it's not just about love, it's about truth. That every person in here should expect to be loved. But we love you too much that if we see you going a different path, we're not just going to shut up and let you go down a dark path that would have the courage to say something with the right heart and in the right way. I mind somebody telling me that they have the gift of God, that their gift to the body of Christ was to be a fault finder in people's lives. Mm. <laughs> I didn't see that in the gifts listed. They've seen it, their mission that they was going to pick up this sin. No, that is, 
near your job. We have to love each other. And we have to de discipline in the right manner, which is usually out of sight. It's usually one-on-one. -on -one, and it's near done shouting at somebody. It's done sit and doing. And it's discipleship. This is why we do house churches. But we don't want to become a fellowship that anything goes Truth lies, it doesn't matter. We'll just, Abdi comes in, they gets, we'll give them donuts, we'll give them warm coffee, and on thing, there's no standard, no matter. If that is what happens, then God is no love. Love is God. Big difference. So, anyway, you ready for us? 1 John chapter 4. This is how I'm bringing correction. Father wants to live in such a way that there is a difference between truth and lies. But there is a difference between the reality of the Holy Spirit moving upon people and we can a difference between that and complete falsehood. Some of you are looking to so say, you're just not bothered as long as you get coffee and donuts. When I went to the Philippines for two weeks, I went to the marketplace. I thought I, thought I landed in heaven just for a minute. Because they were selling Adidas trainers for like five quid. Somebody been in that marketplace. I think you've been. Andra, you came from speaking about brother, didn't you? You go in, and there's, ah, that's top brands for cheap, cheap prices. I thought that was genuine, didn't I? So I'm looking at a pair. I was coveting trainers, forgive me. And I thought, oh. Like seven quid for a pair of Adidas trainers. We are close inspection. I thought, hmm, they look all right. And in my mind, I'm justifying if it's happening. I'm thinking, well, if it's probably happened here, this is cast offs for the racked Adidas shops and they've landed in a marketplace in the Philippines. They just can't get rid of them. Maybe a few things wrong with them, but they're fine. So, I boxed a pair. And it didn't last me until after I. It didn't go beyond the flight him before a stitching came out. And it was like it was walking on cardboard. The stitching came out of the side and just totally buckled within a few weeks. Be careful that you buy on mission trips. But fits a point. Well, it was counterfeit, wasn't it? It wasn't the real deal. I thought it was. And then our doctrine... And being a Christian, we need to care for it is to hear the real deal and their counterfeit spirituality. If you take something out of a jeweler and pretend that it's whatever it is, 32 carat gold, the first thing they will do is inspect it. And they just say, I will give you a couple of grand. Here you go, there's a couple of thousand pounds. We'll just take a ring and check it later. There's this thing, or we didn't accept counterfeits in the world. And we shouldn't uh, receive counterfeit spirituality being a Christian. And when John was living, there was this counterfeit movement that we've already explained week on week. The people came into their church, looked good, looked as though they had love, spoke words of God but yet didn't believe that Jesus Christ was for he was in terms of being the Son of God and the Messiah. 
Now, if John was a ruin today, he maybe would have looked quite harsh by figures of war to write. And some people in here might have said, well, fit John should have did, was say nothing and just loved him and didn't do one thing with him and just give him coffee, a couple of scooshes, uh, some syrups, and fed him. And again, if God wants to say something, he'll do it. So this is the apostle of love that walked with Jesus, spoke to Jesus. He's named the apostle of love. And then he writes us in between two passages of love. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. So on that day, you would walk doing the Jerusalem road, and many people acclaim, this is a word for God, fortune tellers, I've got a spiritual word. There's people that came into the church that says, I've got a prophetic word. And John says, look, you must test the spirits to see if this is for God. But there's a difference between a born-again Christian that says, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and making a mistake with a prophetic word. That can happen. He's not saying that. To dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them and see if the Spirit they have comes from God. Are they counterfeit? Are they real? For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet but does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Then he says something really harsh. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. And maybe it's no coincidence that this is the first Sunday after the darkest weekend in the calendar. John is saying, look, watch that you get involved then in the spiritual world. Even if they're telling you something that sounds okay about your life, if they claim it has spiritual interpretation about your life, they're never God. Unless they proclaim that they are a born-again Christian, that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came through a virgin, that He wasn't just a good man, that He wasn't just a spirit, but He was fully God and fully human, John is saying, then I listen to them. Then I get involved with fortune tellers. Then I go near their door. Then I promote them. I, but it might be God. It might be. John says, no. You could hear a pen drop in here. Then I, then I did it. Ouija boards. No! A Ouija board is not a board that's come for Glasgow. <laughs> Just in case. They might promise you good things and say good things, but unless they proclaim that Christ who he says he is, no! Then I go near him, then I promote him on your Facebook. It's wrong. But they might say good things, but they're nay fair 
God. Love is near God. Accepting every type of behavior is near God. God is love. God is holy. God is pure. God has got your best intentions and his heart and in his mind. He can't allow you to go crazy with spiritual stuff and just say it's okay as long as he love. Even if it happens in a place called church and it looks like a kirk and somebody says they've a word or somebody's even preaching for the Bible, I don't like bad statistics about the church because there's so much good stuff happening in the universal church. So much people getting saved. So much miracles and signs and wonders in the globe. I prefer good statistics like the Pentecostal church in the UK is growing. Hallelujah. For he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prefer. There's so much good statistics. The AOGs get a new building. Ministries expanding here as well. Great to see. Great to hear. But there was this one statistic that I thought, wow, that's terrible. That one in four Church of England ministers didn't believe in the virgin birth. They didn't believe it. And I read a report. In fact, they believed one in four, so three quarters do believe, just to put a positive take on it. But they believed that he just came through natural um, birth. His childhood is not really relevant, but he was a very good adult. I tell you something, if I was part of his congregation, I heard that, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. It doesn't matter how tight their Bible looked, how good the hymns was, how good the lights was, how good the music was. If somebody's wanting to preach to me for the Word of God, they better be confessing Jesus Christ is who He says He is, and He came through a virgin, He's fully human, fully God. If He wasn't fully human, He wasn't fully God, we cannot be saved. He only can become a substitute for humanity because He's fully human, and He claimed to be God, the Son of God. If we come out of alignment we ought, you are preaching and speaking for a different spirit, and I want to listen to you, even though you go to a place called Kirk or Church. And this is what John's addressing. If you confess Jesus Christ, He is who He says He is, this is the good news. You have the Spirit of God within you. Doesn't mean you want to get things wrong, even with prophecy. Doesn't mean everything you say is infallible. You are working in weakness with the power of Christ within you. But there is a difference. You've got the real deal. And I want to mix with people that really, you should be interested in fit as fake in your life and fit as real. You should be interested in going to a church fellowship that wants to ken the difference between fit as fake in this world and fit as real. And this apostle of love in between all this love talk is saying, hey, i tell you something. We are heart of love. And you can, people, as long as you can, that people love you, they can say stuff into your life that might cut, but I'll bring you so much healing. And we do walk this Christian tightrope, I guess. 
We don't need people just going about complaining, finding fault. We need to be a fellowship of love. But yet we need to be open to correction in each other's life. And that's called Christian community. And people shirk a wafe and people move here, there, and our way because, oh, I don't really like that. But if there's something way off in my life, I have got to surrender permission to you and the leadership of the church to let me can because they love me and they love me too much just to, I'm going to say nothing because that's no love. Unconditional love will tell you truth even though it hurts. Not to beat you up but to restore you to the place that God wants you to be. Still with me. So if you didn't again, the mixing with the dark arts and the spiritual world is wrong. I would hope if you was to be part of this fellowship month on month, year on year, that somebody would tell you. That somebody would be bold enough to tell you and they wouldn't just leave you going doing that tightrope, that um, behavior that will bind you. But here's the good news. You want to hear the good news? But you. And he's speaking to his family, he's speaking to his church. You belong to God. My dear children, another version that says, my beloved. So he's reminding them that you are loved. You belong to God, my dear children. And you, you have already won a victory over these people. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. It's a well-memorized verse. Those people belong to this world. They speak only from the world's point of view and the world's listening to them. We belong to God. So in between this love, and between correction, there's a wonderful promise And I want us to sort of end with this. How do we live life in this world? We've got spiritual dark forces. We can that God is love and love is not God. We walk this tightrope. We're supposed to discern things between truth and lies. We're supposed to discern things between authentic, spirit-filled, Jesus-loving Christianity and some false man-made religion that was an expectation for life to change and they didn't believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. How are we supposed to live in this world? John says, you're not like that. You belong to God. You are His. My children, you have already won the victory. Come on. Ah, oh, there's so many darkness, but there's so much God for you. We have already won a victory. Victory is something I didn't work towards. Victory is something that I am given through Jesus because he did something 2,000 years ago that assured my victory. It's called the power of the cross. How do we fight say any so big and so massive? Oh, the demons are right after much. How do we Church, you have won. 
the victory. It is secured. And we enter into the victory of Jesus Christ to bring change because then he says, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. How amazing is God. That as we fight this fight in this world, as we try and discern everything, he's saying, you are a child of God. You've already won the victory, and the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ for the dead, how lives in us, quickens our mortal bodies. The Spirit that is a champion, the Spirit is victory, comes and marks his home and people like you and people like me. So that we didn't have to put up with falsehood. So that our family didn't have to put up with falsehood. So that we could take this battle to the enemy, Kenan, that Christ lives in me and he is victorious. Kenan, that I didn't have to put up with being defeated. Kenan, also, if that is true, then the enemy should be scared of the church. And then the church be scared of the enemy. Is that right? Okay, I'm going to try and explain this. If a big boxer, if that is a champion, is taking on a little weedy dude that's already been defeated, how would you expect to win? The Ian that's proved himself time and time again, that's got the muscle, that's name is victory. We think the church is a little weedy dude. He's always trying to see victory, but we just can never see it. Always trying to be big, and this, there are just change in their lives, and this the spiritual world is so dark, and they're so massive, and we're so little. Ah, well, one day we'll be in heaven, now this will be a distant memory or defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat. But I'm glad that one day I'm going to heaven. John is saying, no, you live in this world with the Spirit within you. So that if you are living a life of love and you are in connection and fellowship with Abba, Father, and you're in connection and fellowship with each other, the devil better watch out for a church like that, for a people like that, because though 50 witches are sitting in a cauldron doing a dance and sacrificing doves and pigeons and sheep, if a Christian turns up there that's got the light of the Holy Ghost and the spur of victory within him, the devil better watch you. Are you still Wima? We are living this life in a battle, but John is saying, look, watch. There's something just wrong but you have the victory and you have the Spirit of God living within you. If only we would trust that. If only we would put our hands on ourselves and say, thank you, Jesus, the Spirit of victory lives within me. I'm humbled by the majesty of what. I'm humbled by the mystery of what I kind of work out. 
I just believe it to be true. And God, let the world show the victory of Jesus Christ through our body of Christ that will love each other and believe that God is love. That there's help for a drug addict. That there's help for a demon possessed. That there's help for a poor. There's help for a needy. There's help for a grieving. There's help for a lonely. And the help that we've got to offer isn't it just to say, we love you. But it's for a spur of victory to see them restored, to see them saved, to see them live in this victory that Jesus won on the cross. Can I ask a worship band to come up? If we was to leave with one revelation, it would be to believe us. That this God who is love has deposited the riches of heaven within you. And you've nothing to fear. Another well-memorized verse found in verse 18, such love has no fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. This shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He loved us. In this world that we live, it's so easy to live in fear. Fear of the mourn, fear of rejection, fear, fear, fear. John is saying this perfect love casts through our fear. Oh, that the church would move. We need to pray in the morning's night in the prayer meeting that we'd be full of agape love. And it would manifest itself in being pursuers of righteousness and being pursuers of truth. If in a church replaces God as love and love is good and nothing else matters, I don't think that church will grow. It might get bigger, but I'm on about spiritually grow. We are still looking for a move of God that transforms lives. We are still looking for the reality, the glory to move amongst us as we worship, bringing change. We are looking for the fire to find in northeast of Scotland and the spread. We're looking for the church to get its voice back. Not a harsh voice of condemnation, but to kind of something to say, this is the truth. And we're just going to have time in His presence. I don't care how this will look. And I just want, if anybody wants to respond, we're just going to pray for the reality of Jesus. Maybe you're not saved in here. You consider, are you living in truth or are you living a lie? The truth is Jesus came to save you. If you accept that truth, it radically transforms your life, then you should respond. You really should respond to the gospel of Jesus that is truth. Maybe you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now is your morning to get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit, the revelation of the Spirit living within you. That's victorious Spirit. Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And they say you just need a little top of help. 
re-energized for mission, for the gospel, that them that sit in darkness would see a glorious light. And that glorious light wouldn't it be seen through the pastor, wouldn't it be seen through the leadership team. If we said a glorious light could be seen through each one of us. Because each one of us, God has dis- deposited His Holy Spirit within us. And it's a greater spirit. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Wow! You have within you the solution to some of people's problems. It's a greater spirit. So if the darkness is strong and I've got the greater spirit, then I've got a stronger light within me than a strong darkness. If rejection is strong within somebody and they have been rejected out of their life, then if I've got a greater spirit, and the strength of the Holy Spirit within me has got to be greater than the spirit of rejection. Or it's near the greater spirit. It's equals or less. But the Bible says we've got the greater spirit within us. We can pass them on. So if somebody is lonely and broken and bruised, we've got a greater spirit that can see transformation. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful, it's responsible, but it's a real deal. I want the real deal and I want you to hear the real deal as well. Let's be a people of the greater spirit that refuse to accept nonsense in our family and community, refuse to accept falsehood, but they want to see true revival birthed through a true Jesus bringing transformation. So I just got to hit one song, our prayers, worship. If you want to respond, we've got a prayer team. We're just going to pray the goodness of God, that agape love that would saturate you and be prepared to be transformed. And they got a second guess what will happen in moments like this. But I'm pursuing no fake trainers. I'm pursuing the real deal. And refusing to buy into Christianity that looks alright, but the core of it is so way off. And so, Jesus, we thank you first for your love that you first loved us. And we declare that you are love. And we are only here because of your love, because your love pursues us. We thank you as well that you're not only love, that you are righteousness and holiness. And you transform lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, for this next moment, we pray for a display of the greater spirit that is within us, the Holy Spirit. Third member of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We simply ask for a display of the greater spirit The people wouldn't have came here bound and leave bound, come lonely, leave lonely, come sick and leave sick. But it would be such a display of the greater spirit that we would see love in action and it would bring transformation. Glory be your name, King Jesus. You paid it all and everything is worthy 
that you're whole in them, other prayers and other worship. But we do come as your people expecting miracles. So many people are now testing spiritual experiences. Yet Christ Church, the one that is king and is righteous, offers his people a spiritual experience that will not leave you bound, but will set you free. In Jesus' name, let's worship. If you want to respond, maybe you've got your end prayer request. Maybe you're dealing with stuff that nobody cares about. We've just got to leave an opportunity for you to be prayed for. Maybe you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, then come forward. Then leave this place still lacking. And you can leave in the overflow of the Holy Spirit. If you need saved, there's a serious appeal or ever. You need to get right with Jesus and experience his love in your life. And you will never be the same again. Let's praise his holy name. If you want to respond, please come forward. Let's stand.